you have tuned in to another installment of the Pastures of Pain show. Were you going to say something? Because you, no, you looked at me no, like you were going like, you know, to I yeah. thought you were going to come in with something great. With some fire. I love being a priest. <laughs> well, Got that back. going. I love Stillwater. I love Payne County. I love the Diocese of Tulsa. I love the state of Oklahoma. I love lamps. I love lamp. <laughs> are you just looking around the room <laughs> and saying and stuff? Saying things that are. Anyway, well, welcome back to another episode of the uh, Pastors of Pain show. We're here at uh, Pete FM uh, broadcasting, not live, but. Yeah, this is not a live show. People want us to do people a live show. Like, people are like, how do you record on Sunday morning and celebrate Sunday morning masses? Oh, I bilocate. P.O. Hare asked if we could do a live show. What would be the benefits of a live show? Uh, the benefits of a live show? This is kind of like a live what show. What does that gain us? Maybe we could get guests that just like stop in that like talk about different things, and they don't have to line up down the hallway. The show's only 30 minutes, though. Okay. Like, what do you... I don't know. I feel like, you know... And it's not daily. It's once a week, you know? I mean, I know there's a, you know, high demand. People want us to do a day, you know, like a daily show, but I'm just kidding. People really don't. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> there's no high demand. There's a few. There's a few people. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I'm open to that, but like, wait, I don't know. What does it, what does it gain us? You know, one thing I think we would like to do, uh, this, this came, this suggestion came from uh, one of my parishioners named Rob Agnew. Uh, Who? Rob, Never heard the guy. Rob, good dude, good dude. <laughs> Rob, uh. Rob suggested like a like a Q&A, like submit questions, and then we do like maybe do a show of just like interesting things or like things that sort of maybe like misconceptions about Catholicism or just stuff, even like for Catholics that they just like they don't know. So like things in his, one of one of his suggestions was um, like the the sanctuary candle. So like when you go into a Catholic church, there's the tabernacle, which holds the body the body of uh, the Eucharist, the Lord Jesus. And then right near it, next the, to it, above it, there's like this candle. Red lamp. Yeah. So what is, what is that? Why is that? Well, we should do a show on like the showbread and the sanctuary lamp. Oh, we lamp. could do that. But I was just thinking like if you have questions. So those of you who are listening and maybe are regular listeners, email us like some questions. Don't send them to Father Kerry because uh, I'll, I'll keep track of them. What? This is my you job. Don't trust, you don't is trust my job. me? They may, never, they may never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> so email me uh, fr o'brien at f you don't even know your email address fr o'brien at sfxstillwater.org we should get a pastor's a pain email address and then no we have email i have like four emails oh. i'm i'm good We're okay good. but well, anyway if you let's maybe do we could do like a little q a show like common misconceptions about uh catholicism and Anyway, so last week we did a show. On a city. It was kind of a downer. No, 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 no. I mean, no. It, Come it, on. you could take it that way because it was about sort of lukewarmness, acedia, spiritual sloth. Well, you know, we just had, we had ordinations a couple weeks ago. Um, but also, like, you know, the priesthood, the Catholic priesthood, I am, I'm of the contention there's never been a better time to be a Catholic priest. Agreed. Whatever, whatever era you're in, I mean, there, I think sometimes there's a lot of nostalgia, even among priests. Like, man, if we could, if we could just go back to this time or this time, the 1420s, when you know, being a priest was like easier, or being a priest was was like more fruitful, or you know. But you know what? That doesn't that doesn't help us. 
That doesn't help us. Um, I'm very proud to be a Catholic priest. I love being a Catholic priest. And I'm glad that I'm a Catholic priest in 2019 uh, with, with the joys of, of this era, but also incredible challenges. And many, you know, many of the challenges um, have been of, of our own mm. doing. Yeah, we made them. Scandals em. in the yeah. church and priests um, acting uh, immorally, uh, I- illegally, and then bishops um, not doing their jobs and covering it up or moving priests around and... You see that in, you know, if, if you've not seen the movie uh, Spotlight, which won uh, Academy Award several years ago for Best Picture. I've seen it three times. Um, Spotlight is, a, is an outstanding movie. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Because uh, it details kind of what, what some e- really evil actions of, of priests and bishops. But it's, a, but it's an important movie for accountability's sake. And anyway, there's just been a lot in the news uh, lately about uh, priests and and. What we thought we might do today is just tell you why we love loving being, priests. Being priests and and because it, it it's it's such a it's a great life. It's not an easy life, and no life is easy. I mean, it's not like oh, good. At least we don't, you know, all you married suckers, you know, like <laughs> you know, your life is so hard and ours is so easy. I mean, it's not it's not that way. Um, every every vocation comes with it certain crosses and but but I you know one thing I hope you've you've kind of picked up over our time our limited time here in Stillwater you've been here three years I've been here almost two uh, on this podcast a we've year been, which we've been doing for a year plus you know is that we we like what we do it's awesome we love what we do you okay so just to follow up to Asadia from last Please, week yeah. Uh, a couple things that I do to help my priesthood and to experience the joys uh, and ask the Lord always, what does he want me to do? One of the defenses against Asedia is to pray uh, the litany of the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to guide your, your work that day. Yes. And the, the second one to it is, uh, as Evagra said, to make the, the like a logis moi, make a word that then launches artillery at the word that's coming from the devil. So bombard the devel. So you know like when I when I begin my day, and this is why, you know, we talked about Asedia last week and we're talking about priesthood this week, is one of the ways to start your day is to start with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Start with a litany of the Holy Spirit and beg the Holy Spirit to guide all the actions of your day. So that then the Holy Spirit sends you out to where the Holy Trinity wants you to be and not where you think you should be. So one of, one of my joys of my priesthood, I was standing in the lobby at the Newman Center at TU. And That's just, the University of Tulsa. Yes, the University go, of Tulsa. You know, uh-huh. okay, yeah, so I was yeah. standing there in the lobby and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, uh, I have nothing to do. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to just sit down and do nothing? You mean go back to my office and work? What, what do you want me to do? And I heard this voice say, call your cousin Billy and go on a walk. So I called my cousin Billy and I went on a walk. And I'm walking, I walk by the law school, and I walk by ACAC, also known as the Union now, and walk over and I hear this voice say, sit down. So I sat down. And I'm just talking to my cousin Billy and this student walks up gets like a foot away from my face and gives me the eyeball, eyeball, double finger, hey, we need to chat sort of hand. And I'm like, 
flipped you off? No, no, no. Oh. It was like, hey, hey, we need to chat. Double, okay. Like, okay. you know, like they point at your eyeballs. And oh, they point I at theirs. Yeah, that's what, and they do like the hand motion. They need to chat. And I was like, oh, Billy. you're on the phone. Uh, yeah. yeah. I said, Billy, let me call you back. And then the student sits down and room. just talks for like 45 minutes about like how they're like, they have a lot of good things going on, but they're trying to do the best thing. They're trying to do the thing huh? that's going to glorify God. Magnanimity. Yeah. They want to be magnanimous. They want to be great. They don't want to just be a weak, dumpy, dumpy, dump. I got no, I got no other second word to that except dumpy. Dumpy. I don't want to be some dragging through the mud. And it was just a beautiful moment of my priesthood where I was like, why? This, this is a, this is a, this is actually real. This is like the Holy Spirit wants me to be obedient to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit so they can use my life for the benefit of others. They can use my life so that others can be helped. And so I'm going to be more docile to the Holy Spirit than anybody. So that that was, you know, I love that. A really beautiful, um, that's why I love being a priest because people are willing to come up and talk to you literally about anything in their life. A lot of things. Yes. Anything, anything. So, Father Brian, what do you think? Do you have an yeah, awesome, no, mo- awesome moment of appreciation? I've been a for 12 years. And, you know, to what's interesting these days is you kind of you start to see like kind of fruit of that. Oh, yeah. You know, so when you're, right, when right. you're first, like first ordained, you're celebrating Mass and hearing confessions and doing weddings and funerals and, you know, and, and there's, there is an immediate impact in the life of those people. Uh, but then what's awesome now is to see uh, couples, you know, that I've prepared for marriage and like, and they're married and now they're, I mean, like have lots of kids and are, you yeah. know, starting families. Right, right. And, and then even, you know, there's been some instances of being with families through some really, really tough times, dark times, death, mm-hmm. um, uh, the death of young people, especially both you and I have had, have had experience with that, unfortunately. But now seeing like these families have gone through something very dark, very trying, and have come out the other side. And there's still that pain of, of losing the, the loved one, losing a baby. Uh, but they're doing okay. They're doing okay. And they're faithful. And they're, they've, they've, they're have, they've had other, other children and are just being wonderful moms and dads to those children. And again, not forgetting what has happened, but that's that brings me tremendous joy to help people through a tough time and to come out the other side because in the in the moment you don't feel like they're ever going to get out of this. Like it's so dark and it's so terrible and so tragic. They're never going to come out the other side. That's yeah. you know, okay. And then you see that that they have that brings me tremendous joy um, as a priest, and I know there'll be other there'll be other such times yeah. um, where that will happen. But you know, I think the joy of um, yeah of watching of watching young people grow up, uh, you know, even just the, like the ordinations recently, the last couple of years, uh, you know, when we were at Bishop Kelly, you and I both, you know, we did a lot of, of vocations work and a lot of encouraging of young people. And so to see, you know, I have a former student, uh, Angela Kometz, now 
a mother servant of the cross. <laughs> we were, she was my student. She was a teacher uh, when I was the president of the school and tried, you know, just helped her along her way, as did a lot of people. So I'm not, this is not like a, if it weren't for me, she wouldn't be a sister. But just to see like this vocation take root. And now she's like one of the superiors in her community. And she's wow. young. I mean, she's 30, I don't know, 37, maybe something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, to see that, you know, to, so in the last couple of years, Vin, Vince Fernandez, Father Vince Fernandez, um, I've known, I met Father Vince Fernandez when he was in the second grade. <laughs> I wasn't even in seminary yet. My roommate was his second grade teacher. And I knew him then and watched him grow. He came to Bishop Kelly, um, you know, helped him through through high school. And he goes to seminary. He spent a summer out and, here in Stillwater. And perseveres through the seminary and is now a priest. Um, preaching, I preached his first mass last year, his first mass of Thanksgiving. Uh, that was unbelievable. What, a, what an honor and what a joy, like to see him grow. And now we had lunch a couple weeks ago. You know, and now we're we're colleagues. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, maybe it's, I'm still a little, maybe a bit of a mentor for him. You know, yeah. But like right. we, we're co- we're colleagues now. We're brother priests. And you've known him since he was I've two. I've known him since he was in the second grade, and watched him in high school. You know, I handed him his diploma, and all like, um, David Carvajal, Father David. You know, same kind of deal. Watching him grow up and get and come through high school, and both those guys like had were not perfect. They were not angels in high school. You know. But to see and like get them through that, and now they're they're our brothers, they're our brother priests. Um, John Fincher, one of our seminarians, you know, next year, God willing, will be ordained a deacon this October in Rome, and then a priest next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. It's amazing to see that, and so to know, like, to, to like focus in on like the young people here in Stillwater, that that you know, there's that potential. Down the road, we have a lot of a lot of our young people interested in religious life. A lot of our guys interested in priesthood. Couples, couples getting married. Oh, it's beautiful. So yeah, there's so much. There is so much joy to being a priest, even though you know we we make headlines for all the wrong reasons sometimes. And but that's where I just kind of put my head down and all right, let's let's do work today. You you know John Vianney. You you know I love this dude, Saint John Vianney, the patron saint of parish priests. He uh, no matter what was going on in France. Whether it was the Napoleonic, it was the uh, you know priests. Yeah, had, he got persecuted. Priests too. had signed the letter of the oath to the French government. Churches were being shut down, and John Vianney was just faithful, like faithful to his. He said, "My job is the conversion of ours. That's it. Ours was the town. Ours where the he town. Was from. He's a, ours or or, or uh, like I love the 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 priest saints. You know, I, if you give me a book like oh." Uh, Father Brown Mysteries by G.K. Chesterton. I love priests who solve mysteries. Priests who solve problems. Like Damien of Molokai. There's that line. He my like, fave. Oh, you don't know nothing about him. That's my man. So he he's on the island of Molokai, and he there's this moment where he kneels down, and he sees like pigs digging up bodies out of the ground. Water pipes broken and holes in roofs. And he just kneels down and he goes, okay, Holy Spirit. Tell me what you want me to do first. And he's like, okay, done. And he stands up and he goes over and starts burying the dead. He said, the dead mm. need a proper burial. That's actually the definition of a sedia in Hebrew is the proper burial of the dead. 
Oh, sorry, not in uh, in the Latin world in mm. like Cicero, the proper burial of the dead, self care, taking care mm. of the dead. Um, in Hebrew, it's the noonday devil, the darkness, mm. or the the overheatedness mm-hmm. uh, and no darkness, not being able to hide from the sun. But it, it's absolutely beautiful life as a priest, and so that's uh, one of my reliances on, is on the Holy Spirit is saying, "Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to?" Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was just uh, the other day we had our vocations uh, luncheon with Father Pratt and a bunch of guys. And I walk in, and three guys who are cooking are Matthew Tracy, who uh-huh, is an OSU uh-huh. grad, uh, Kyle Dowd, who's a University of Tulsa ga- grad, and Robert um, he, Robert Williams. Yeah? Robert Williams, who is a Bishop Kelly grad. And just to see how, like, influential— uh, God has been to guiding them to the to the priesthood, and he's how he's like use me for some of that. You know, I I was involved in all three of their lives at some point in time or another, and to see how God is like, it, it it's it's growing. Like sometimes we get disappointed and we get oh, saddened and weakened oh, yeah. apart because of like why is everything falling apart? Oh, God, why man, is nothing I put go- so much work into that event or that person even? Yes. And now I don't like, yes. I never see them. Oh. Yeah, that's a I had a I had lunch the other day with a um, a college student uh, that I had on previous years and they're getting married and they want me to do their wedding. And I was like, I thought you all stopped practicing the Christian faith. Oh. Like I thought they just yeah. like dumped religion mm-hmm. all together mm-hmm. when they came to college. And the spark was still alive. Yeah, there's turns of events yeah. and things going on in people's lives that then really fills me again with super, super abundant uh, hope. And to seize those moments. That's, I, I, I mean, following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, I think there's sometimes we, we, we want for ourselves and we want for our people kind of this sort of certain state of perfection. Uh, you know, I've had uh, former students and like who... Uh, They'll come and they're they'll say we want to get married, and I'll say okay great and I'm happy to help you. Um, you know let's let's talk some dates and they would say well we need it we'd like it to be a little sooner than later because we're like we're pregnant. People get pregnant before they're married. They do sometimes. What do. It's I've never heard of such things. And so you kind of have this like oh man like kind of out of, okay we got this out of order, but then you know you kind of get okay you're here this is awesome. You want to get married, uh, and you're going to have a baby. Both are awesome, and you know, a little bit out of order, right? But let's but let's work. Let's do this. Um, you see it a lot. You know, with bat- a kid family comes and they've got a two year old, and they want to get the child baptized. Okay, okay. in my mind, like <laughs> we do it a little sooner, right? The the church asks that it be soon after birth, you know, but they're here now. They're here now. Yeah, the, the, the and let's go. Two two things There's I've been enjoying that it is working on is like patience and gentleness. Yeah, because the good God is going to do this in in the proper time. I mean, that's the heart of trust. Like that, God's will is old Father Gronsky, God rest his soul, used to say, "God's will is what's happening right now." And you're like, "Okay, Lord, that this doesn't look like your will, but in some awesome trust. plan, I am going to trust yeah. that." You're bringing about great beauty and good right here. Oh, happy fault, oh, necessary sin of Adam that is one for us so great a redeemer. Now, 
how am I going to be obedient to your will at this moment when it doesn't look like it is your will? Yeah. Or it looks like a big mess. But just going and, and living in the living in that moment, planning for the future, of course, but living in that moment with joy. That's what you know Pope Francis says so often. Uh, you know, the the mark of a Christian is a person living their life with joy. And so often we have, you know, he says we, we act like there's these joyless Christians, and it's like like Jesus never rose from the dead. <laughs> it's like your life is like Lent with no Easter. Ooh. Um, and so the idea of like having, living a life of joy, and, and, and especially as priests, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of responsibility. There's this sense, I think, sometimes in our lives that we kind of always are always on. Uh, we're always available. We're always, and that's and that's difficult. That's hard. Uh, but at the same time, right alongside of that is the joy of seeing conversion, uh, the joy of you know people don't see this a lot, but like I mean you would you wouldn't because you're not in there. But in the, <laughs> like in the confessional, when people you know I'm sitting behind the screen in there. and somebody comes and and a lot of times they're on the other side of the screen and so I know I, you know you don't know who they are. And when somebody says, you know, Father, it's been five thousand years. Been twenty. It's been twenty years. Um, people don't see on our side. The, our reaction to that is not. What, what the? What the heck is wrong with you, you dummy? Uh, you know, where have you been? Our reaction is like, I mean, I get like a big smile on my face. Yes. Yes. I think to myself, and I and I and I try to I try to share that with the person. You know, well, I say, well, welcome back. Welcome back. And I'll even I'll sometimes say like what like why why today? What's what's happening? You know, and you kind of get a little story or whatever. But the joy of helping people come to know Jesus Christ. Uh and that ongoing journey that I'm still trying to get to know him, you know? Have I have I encountered Jesus Christ in my life? Yeah, I have. But that needs to be a regular thing. That needs to be a daily event in the mass and adoration in in the prayers. And helping other people to do that. That's the life of a priest. Yes. It's the life of a priest, and it's awesome. It's awesome. One of, one of my favorite uh, parts of being a priest is going on retreat. Going on retreat and bringing my people with me. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm on a silent retreat somewhere, middle of nowhere, Texas, Colorado, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, just on a silent retreat, spending time with the with the Lord, and bringing the people with me and their intentions and their prayers and praying for them and knowing like, like okay, I I'm not in Stillwater or I'm not in Dallas where they are or I'm not in you know pick a you know Sacramento California I'm not there where they are, but by spending time with Jesus in the Holy Eucharist by offering mass for them, uh, we are in the same place. We're in the same place. And I can, I can pray for the salvation of their souls and, and pray for them and fast uh, while I'm on retreat and, you know, spend those times helping them become saints and they don't even know it. And I don't even know it. And and then (laughs) This is, I think it's one of my favorite favorite parts of the, the priesthood is where you're like, okay, Lord, I, 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 w- I want you to bring about the conversion of people. You just start begging God for it. You know, like um, that Abraham did uh, for, uh, for Lot. 
uh, Lord, if there's uh, 49 people minus one in that town, will you still destroy it? You know, Abraham's doing this intercessory prayer for Lot and for the people of Sodom. He's praying for them. He's praying for their conversion. Jesus on the cross, forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, this constant pray, pray, pray for for them. And and then, and then all, you may never see. That's the hard the hard part is you may never see. And you don't know where that grace that. is going to go. Yeah, you don't know where, where where your prayers are. Whose heart the Lord is going to to wake up as you pray for them. And then to see just some stranger walk through the door, and you're like, "Who are you?" Yeah, I said, "How are you?" I um I was just walking by and I decided to walk in. You're like. Oh, okay. or you're out on campus, like I mentioned early on, and someone just stops by and talks, or you're sitting in an airplane, and the Lord has prepared that moment to have that conversation with that person. And then, you know what? You go your separate ways, and maybe that's a link in the chain. And you never know, right? Right. You never know yeah. uh, how that all took place. That famous prayer that said, you know, we plant seeds that one day will grow, um, but we know we don't know you know, when or how or how big they'll, they'll grow, um, that we are, that we are workers, not the master builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a letter the other day uh, from a student studying abroad, and they, uh, the letter was like just talking about life where they are studying abroad and cool stuff that they're doing. And then there was a section that says, hey, I want to thank you for all the catechesis and the faith formation we got mm. through RCI classes and Sunday catechesis. Uh, just And those times when you explain things in your homily, because here I am in secular Europe, and people ask me questions like, why do I go to church? And I have answers for them. And I just feel like if wow. I hadn't been at the student center uh, that I, and I hadn't had my Catholic uh, education uh, for my Catholic high schools— and my religious education, the formation of my parents, but most especially that formation I got through going to RCI classes, even though I was Catholic, going through these faith formation classes, that I wouldn't have been able to explain it as an wow. adult. Took all of that stuff and sitting in a coffee shop in Paris and just be able and to And they like, wrote to you. Yeah, and they wrote me a letter to thank me for all that. I was just like, okay, that was, well, that was six years ago. Is you hope, you know, then what, maybe that, there, you get that letter, but how many... How's that happened for other people who just never wrote the letter, you know? Right. And so that that's sort of one of maybe you know, of hopefully hundreds you know over the years, who have had that similar experience. But the one you know, like the ten lepers, and they're all healed, and only one returns to, to say thank you. Ooh. Uh, but they were all healed. They were all healed. Know? They were all healed. So that's you know that that joy. Uh, it really, I mean, just the joy of of being a priest. It's it's very real, it's very real, and I try to, you know, you try to impart that uh, to on onto others, and I hear, I really do hope people see it uh, that we you know and we have bad days, we have bad days. It's not all it's not all wine and roses. Uh, no, there are tough there are tough times. It's tiring. Uh, I'm very excited that we're getting. Father Robert Duck. So is uh, every good lived vocation. You know, every right. good lived, yeah, yeah. Vo- lived ever, vocation. Yeah, if you're if you're married with children, you're uh, you're probably tired. And you want to do magnanimous things, uh-huh. you're going to get exhausted. Yep. You know, 
Well, you know what? If you're going to do weak sold things, you're going to get exhausted from lethargy. Yeah. You're going to just get exhausted from just laying there and being a bum. Or, but if you do, if you do magnanimous things, or at least you're asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me uh, do what the Father asked me to do, mm-hmm. and I want to do great things for the Not greater my glory will, of God. But yours, yeah, be those words of the Lord, and and, and well, doing that then. We're going to be exhausted, but we're going to be exhausted. And he's going to say, good and faithful servant, well come done. and share the master's joy. Yeah. Man. I love being a priest. High That's five, awesome. brother. Woo-hoo. I love I it. I don't think we've ever high, high-fived on the air. Oh, well, we just did now. So if this is uh, maybe an interest, interested, uh, interesting to you, especially the young people of uh, Payne County, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the priesthood. Let's talk about religious life. Let's go visit a seminary. Let's go visit a convent. Uh, grow in your faith life grow in your intellectual life the other cool thing is like at least in the priesthood we are it's a varied group it's a diverse group you know when our priests get together you know we're about 60 priests but we're from I don't know at last count to probably 10 countries yeah and personality wise introverts and extroverts um, weirdos like you and awesome people like me yes all of the above humble people like me and so a lot of things some guys think like oh, I, c- I couldn't possibly do that but you, you could you could with God's help with God's help try to do it on your own and you're going to stink you're going to be a terrible priest or terrible parent or terrible parent alright we're going to get out of here uh, thanks for listening uh, maybe you listen on the radio maybe you're listening on uh, Spotify. Spotify or Google Podcast or iTunes Apple Uh, Any way you're doing it, we're grateful you're here, and uh, we hope you have a great week. Pray for us. God bless you.